Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson and... And me, Spencer Locker. Spencer, how the devil are you? I'm doing fine, mate. Yeah. Weather's glorious and summery. We start every Hubcast <laughs> at the minute with weather. Something about... It's the British thing, but it's something it's about it. the weather. It is. One of these days, we're going to come on these Hubcasts and say, the weather's glorious today. And mean it. And mean it. <laughs> yeah, and mean it. Yeah. Oh, Spencer, it's lovely to get you in the Hubcast room again. So yeah. no Dave today, just me and you. Yeah. Uh, we've wanted to record a Hubcast because um, Spencer at T2 does a lot of the lead work on organisational change or this thing called change, right? Uh, And a lot of the pathways on the Hub and a lot of the content uh, Spencer's researched and created and, and, and delved into. So I wanted to pick Spencer's brains on something and I think what we're going to talk about today is we always talk, Spencer, about the people element of change yes, we do, or we the do. human element of change. How you communicate change, how you yeah. win the hearts and minds, yeah. right? That is probably the most important part of it. However, there is the old, the more grey and boring areas of change that some might call them grey and boring, <laughs> some might not. But yeah. when we talk about governance and yeah. structure and methodologies yeah. and process of mm. change, mm. they are absolutely fundamental and the foundation yeah. of a successful change programme. Yes, very much so. Uh, but we do sort of become consumed by the people side. So yeah. want to, I want to pick your brains on that, Spencer, yeah, sure, because yeah, yeah. one of the things that people get frustrated with is they don't like the governance and process and methodology part of change because not many people understand it. Yeah. And it can come across as corporate bullshit. Uh, certainly. Do you know certainly. what I mean? And yeah, those yeah. buzzwords that nobody understands, yeah. right? And, oh, do we have to? And that's just going to stop me from achieving the change. No, no, no. We need it. Yeah. So... I guess I'm going to bring you in here first of all and say, you know, is it easy to define what we mean by governance and methodologies of change? I think, to be honest with you, I think it's reasonably straightforward, uh, but it's one of those things that people complicate it. uh, And I sometimes think that they complicate it for ownership's sake. This is mine. If you don't understand it, it'll stay with me, if you know what I mean. So when we start looking at governance and methodology, it's pretty straightforward, really. Um, do you want me to go? Shall yeah, we, good. Shoot we into go it. Straight into it. Shoot yeah, into it, Spence. Now, as yeah. always, this could go anywhere, but shoot into <laughs> it, right? <laughs> right. So I, I, th- I think basically because it's, these are words that people use, very uh, very rare. rarely do they understand them and rarely can they could actually sort of differentiate the two. Okay. So when we start talking about method, methodology, we're talking about how, right. how to, how are we going to achieve what we want to what we want to achieve? Yeah, yeah. So say we're going to launch a change program in the organisation, which is going to involve a new system or technology. Yeah, right. Yeah. The methodology of the change yeah. is how we are going to systematically, apl- achieve uh, yeah, achieve yeah. this change yeah. program. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And then the governance basically is like an overwatch. So we're looking at the how we're doing it, the methodology, but the governance is making sure that that methodology is suitable 
yes. all the way through the process. Yeah, and and in in the case of what we've just, you know, the example we've just given of the technology or systems yeah. change, the governance would be: Are we keep in keeping with the law, with employment law, Certainly. with rules and regulations? Yeah. You know, yeah. are we? You know, are we providing the right level of security of data around this system change? Yeah. So the governance is like making sure we do it right. Making sure we do it right. And if something is going to change, because things do change, and I'm not on about the change. Yeah. But the thing is, when we've got our methodology, and we've talked about this before, where um, something will change, maybe it is a customer requirement. Maybe it is, when you say customer requirement, the requirement of the business that's going through change. It may be your business. You may be project managing it for somebody else, yeah. a, a customer or something like that. However, the governance is there so that, if, if you like, we, it's like a bit of a flow chart thing. Mm. So, yes, we're looking at the methodology. The methodology isn't, um, isn't a framework, isn't a structure as such, but it's like this is how we're going to do it. Um, but this overwatch is checking that, yeah, we've got to this point, Everything good now. Nothing's changed. Good stuff. I, I so I'm oversimplifying it. No, now, yeah, I get but, it. But it's just that if it's not good or if something has changed, then it's proactive. The governance is proactive rather than reactive. I get it. So would you say governance uh, stems beyond rules and regulations? So when you when some, when you use the word governance, hmm. it's like Big Brother. It's like the police, right? We're going to make sure that we're, we're, we're dotting the I's, crossing the T's, sticking yeah. to regulations and rules. Yeah. But what you're saying is, I think, is, is governance, yes, it includes all of that, that yeah. we're doing things right yeah. and above board. Yeah. But it's also ensuring that the methodology is still correct and, and, and fit for purpose. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. So it is a governance. When when you're, when you're we're looking at Overwatch and we're looking at Big Brother, yes, they are overwatching it. but uh, And they will look at what's relevant, uh, the rules and regulations, things like that. But it's all to do with with one eye on where we're going. So you know to in achieve. terms of change programs and yeah. change initiatives in the in the workplace. Um do you think the governance aspect of it should sit in isolation outside of the people in charge and contributing to the project from a methodology perspective? Do you think it should be a separate it should be separate or do you think the same group of people should be straddling the two? Does that make sense? Uh, yes, I think um, there's got to be a certain amount of um, a certain amount of separation, but not totally isolated. Um, the structure. I mean, when you're start, when you're starting to talk about the structure of governance, yeah, it's got to get in there. It's got to have some influence over what's going on, but not in the sense that it's not over. In the yeah. sense that it's overbearing. If I know what them. you mean, because let let me use an example of of a shop floor in an engineering or manufacturing organisation. Let me just yeah. try and do the. And it's not so much a change program, but I'm tr I'm just going to draw a comparison. Yeah. Let's say you're on the shop floor de delivering and manufacturing a product and making a product. Yeah. Before that product goes off the end of the line, mm. it has to be sanctioned by quality. Yeah. Quality are a separate team who sit outside of the manufacturing and oper operative team. Yeah. Who then say, tick box, tick box, check, check, check. Yes, that product is of a quality that can go out. Yeah. It's fit for purpose and it doesn't break any regulations. Yeah. But that has to be autonomous in that scenario. Mm. Um, but in the best organizations, when it sits completely autonomous, right, mm. it creates conflict and and, si and, and politics and silos. Yeah. When they're working in collaboration, even though it sits separately, it works. Yeah. So what you're saying is in any change program, mm. you've got to separate methodology and governance in yeah. the fact that the methodology is how we're going to deliver this yeah. and what we're going to do. 
the governance is going to make sure we're doing it properly, yeah. right, above yeah. board and yeah. to a standard. Yeah. But it's also going to be sanity checking that the methodology is still fit for purpose all yeah. the way along yeah. and be willing to change. And yes, it can sit separately, but it's got to, they've got to be intrinsically linked is what yeah. you're saying. It right. can't be just another new. Yeah. So when you, when you, uh, I, I like the way what you're doing from an engineering perspective. So you've got that, that um, people are ticking the box, that quality, quality auditing, if you like. So whatever you produce has got to pass stringent safety or, or standards or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So before it gets to that point, it's got to go through R&D, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So R&D are going to create something and then going to bang it over to the, the quality guys. So rather than the quality guys, do you, you know when we do we, we do external leadership? Yeah. And we start talking about coaching uh, management style, coaching management style, yeah? Rather than saying this is wrong or this isn't working, it's actually saying, but if you did it like this. If right. It, it, so, so you've got a little bit of feedback. Rather than sort of saying computer says no. You've hit on a really important point that I think we need to just encapsulate on mm -hmm. this hubcast. Where we see, see change, people complain that they try and make change in the organization or yeah. they're bringing a new technology or system or they make a cultural <clears throat> change or an environmental change, yeah. right, or a structural change, whatever it is, mm. right, they, they make this change and, and they fail to get the mass of people to buy in, yeah. right? Yeah. And you've just hit on a really good point. What then happens is people are convinced this is a bad idea or it's not going to work. So they're yeah. looking for every reason as to say, that ain't right, that won't work. Yeah. Where change and the magic happens mm -hmm. is where people are still overseeing the governance. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that, the governance of the change. Mm -hmm. And if something's not quite right, instead yeah. of saying that ain't getting side off or this will never work or I told you so, mm -hmm. they're saying, well, what if we looked at it from this angle? Yes. It doesn't work like this, but it may work if we do X. Yeah. And when that forward-thinking challenge state type of communication yeah. happens, that's where change mm. is effective because it's never it's never perfect first time. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really good thing. Let me just recap. Methodology is how we are going to achieve the change. Yeah. You usually have a team who are responsible for that yeah. and working on that. Yeah. Governance is overseeing, mm. overlooking mm. a number of multifaceted things yeah. around that methodology from rules, regulations, doing things right, making sure yeah. it's above board, making sure quality is there, but also continually checking that the methodology is fit for purpose. Yeah. But the two have to be intrinsically linked yeah. and collaborating. Yes. Collaborating, yeah. not against each yes. other or not one trying to trip the other one up. And, and we yeah, see that, yeah, don't we? So yeah. many times we see that so times, happen, yeah. which strangles change mm. initiatives. Yeah. And, well, and, and as, soon as, you, as soon as you start streamlining the structure of that, because when we say streamlining, we don't mean less. We're, 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 we're talking appropriate. So we're talking about appropriate people at the appropriate places. So we've basically got a sponsor. Right. So the sponsor's like Headshed. He's the he or she is the person that this change is most likely to affect. So this sponsor is the one that basically sort of says, "We need this change, and the reason we need this change is yada yada yada." So you've used yeah. the words there. This the sponsor should be the person who has who it's most likely to affect, yeah. or. Or benefit from. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, you know, the two apply, but it yeah. could be also the person who the change 
who stands the greatest chance of benefiting from the change, yes. who's got the yes. most to gain yes. from it. Yeah. Because yeah. their passion mm. and drive around it will be greater naturally yeah. than others because Certainly. they stand to gain the most from it. Yeah. So that's an interesting point you picked up there, Spence. Many people say who should lead, lead yeah. certain projects. Yeah. Should it be for a finance change? Should it be the fat CFO? For a technology change? Should it be the CIO? Yeah. Should it be the MD? Right. Your your point is yeah. well, it should be the person who stands the most who who stands the most to gain, yes. or who it may affect the most. Yeah, yeah, should take on the sponsorship role of that. Certainly, change. I think I think that, that that those two words are interchangeable. Yeah, like that. I think at, at every given point throughout. Um, but the thing is, because they're the sponsor, because they are sort of the the driver of it, if you like, um, they are going to be. Not necessarily divorced from reality, but the thing is, they need somebody to work on their behalf. So we start talking about project manager. Well, we call, we can call them the lead or the project manager or the nominated person. Uh, but basically, somebody who's going to who, who gets the idea, if mm. you like, from the sponsor and and moves it forward. So, as the sponsor, the sponsor, the sponsor in change program shouldn't get too much into the weeds because sometimes that can um, that can hinder their ability to look strategically strategically at what is happening yeah. and change direction if needed. Yeah. So we want a project manager or somebody who either works for or with the sponsor, yeah. but ultimately believes in the change as well. Okay. But operationally, they can absolutely take yeah. charge of it. Yeah, yeah. Can I, I ask you for a rugby analogy at this stage? Uh, oof, as in... Because I'm not a rugby guy. You know I'm not a rugby guy. Yeah. Okay. So the lead, the guy who's, the guy who is, who's running it, yeah? Yeah. He's got the ball. Yeah. And he's pegging it down the field to get to the line, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Your sponsor is the guy who's running along next to him, making sure bureaucracy doesn't tackle him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, Covering him. Yeah, I like it. And, and, like, and, and, and Well, another analogy, analogy would be you've, what happens now in sport is quite often the, the head coach will sit up in the stand. So you yeah. remember years ago, most head coaches in sport sat in the dugout. Yeah, yeah. So you were pitch side with the players – Observing things at pitch level, in in the in the thick of it, you know, making changes, communicating one to one direct, directly with yeah. players. Most coaches in sport now sit up in the stands from mm. an elevated position because the use of technology allows them. But the reason why that's important is because it takes them out of the mix. It yeah. takes them out of you know the scenario <clears throat> yeah. from an elevated position. Yeah. They can think and observe and see things that others can't see. Yeah. They then radio down to yeah. a, a deputy or a project leader pitch yeah. side, yeah. The, the, the assistant okay. coach, yeah. Yeah. who will then be in the thick of it communicating with the troops and making yeah. change. And this that analogy for me is probably exactly what you're describing. If you're the sponsor on a change program, yeah. sit up in the stands, yeah. like the football rugby coach, yeah. whoever it is, sit up in the stands, elevate yourself out of the situation and observe from a strategic level. Yeah. But you still need that assistant coach or that project manager in the mix with the players, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Who you're communicating with to help make the changes yeah. on the ground. So that is sort of what you're saying there, <clears throat> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we've got the sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the the lead or the the uh, the project manager. Yeah. yeah. We've got the team. Course. Yeah. So the the team is the let's the people on the field, the people who are doing the do. They're, yeah. they're actually making it happen. And we've also got a fourth contender. And this is what we call the steering committee. Right. Okay. So not everything is responsible. When we've got our sponsor, yes, he's got like the strategic view. And we've also got the lead who's making this happen. 
but between not necessarily between them, but possibly alongside, we've got this steering committee, which are like key stakeholders. So these could be. It's like, it's like the board of a, of yeah. a rugby or football yeah, team, yeah, right? Yeah. They're sat in the stands observing most yeah. of the time. Yes. But once a month, once a quarter, they'll come together and give their independent observations. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really good point that you made there as well. Because as much as we've only identified four people here, four um, positions, if you like, defined positions, yeah. many, many other many companies overflow that. And when you get too many people in that sort of area, different roles, different responsibilities, the communication can get muddy. Yes. Yeah? So moving that message th down four different areas is pretty straightforward. I think it's a good point. And the other the other advantage of having a, um, a steering committee sitting outside of the core sponsor, the mm. project lead and the team on change is that what, one key thing stands out to me. The reason why that is so important is because they are not emotionally invested into the project yeah. as much as the people involved in it. Yeah. And sometimes cognitive dissonance and closed loop thinking happens when we can't see the wood for the trees because yeah. we're overly emotionally invested in the outcome yeah. or making it succeed at all costs. Yeah. And having the steering committee can sometimes at certain checkpoints throughout the change say, listen, hold up, right? Is this truly working? Because from the outside in, mm -hmm. this is how we see it. Yeah, And that is really important before we carry on regardless trying to put a square peg through a round hole because we are overly emotionally committed. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Well, so, we were talking about that this morning, weren't we, well, about well, the difference between um, people who love the sport and people who are business people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the question I've got then is, in most, I mean, there's probably not a number on this, Spence, but in most programs we see and observe and most customers we talk to about this, yeah. how many actually go ahead with having a separate steering committee on change programs i would think of very little if they do chances are they don't have enough people on there or they've got too many people on there or the wrong with, people with, or the wrong people with regard to the size of the project because mm. remember not all projects are what do they call them big hairy what things you big hairy audacious goals yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah so not 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 every project is huge some projects are quite small change doesn't necessarily have to be a 180 degree um turn of events if you know what i mean or, or, or huge so it's got to be relevant you've got to have when you start talking about steering committee stakeholders what have they got to do with the project They've got to, even though they've got to not necessarily be emotionally involved in it, they've got to be sort of, they are stakeholders at the end yeah. of the day. So they've got to have some sort of influence. But again, you don't want them too big and powerful where you're going to lose the logic and rationale um, or, or well, it, the muddy the water. And, you don't, and, and, you, and it's not about <clears throat> having uh, people on your steering committee who you know follow the same line of train of thought as yeah, you yeah. Or, or who feel as optimistic about the change as you. Yeah. You want the person, the most difficult person who opposes the change, and you want them on the steering committee, right? You, you, you <laughs> From our perspective, yes, but in reality... That never happens. No, because you want yes people. Yeah. No, well, you don't want yes people, but that's, again, when we start talking about people hiring people like whom... Yeah, themselves. themselves. So, yeah, they're going to populate the steering committee with people who are, um, or, or, or there's a possibility that they can populate the steering committee with people who are sympathetic with their viewpoint. Exactly. Who, well, yeah. And this is what I'm saying. That happens, and it happens very frequently because people want the path of least resistance on change programs. Yeah, yeah. But good organisations and good agents of change understand that you need 
the finance director who's going to look at it purely from a monetary perspective. Yeah. But you also need the visionary who's going to look at the outcome-based solution and the, yeah. and the promised land of what, what this could mean for the organization, mm. right? You also need the marketeer on there who understands that, how this could uh, better put their organization in, in, a, in a certain light, right? Mm. So by, by creating a steering committee or a steering group who are going to bring something different to the table, yeah. even if it's going to be a complete different view to your own, that's... Yeah a good thing because not only then do you get an autonomous view but you get a very very different perspective which is what we need on change programs yeah um i want to touch upon something spence around you know obviously we're talking here about governance and 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 um, Methodology. methodologies and structure mm. and um you know it's 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 a it's a really fascinating thing for me is change yeah because sometimes people's reputations are on the line in terms of if I become the sponsor or the project manager, I live or die by this project. Yeah. I will either be forever known that I delivered this systems change or this yeah. organizational change yeah. or I failed, yeah. right? So that's when we try to achieve the project at all costs, mm. even if the change is not has not happened. Does that no, make sense? Yes, yeah. Because I believe there is a difference be between delivering a project <clears throat> yeah. and delivering true change. Yes, yeah. You can implement the new technology, mm. but if nobody's bloody using it yeah. or buys into it, you haven't achieved the change. Yes, that's Does that true. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put a new remuneration and commission structure in for the sales team, yeah. right? But if it demotivates your people because it's not working for them, you haven't achieved the change. You've yes. achieved the project. Yes. Right? You can launch a new product or service and spend mm. lots of money, right, and go to market. Yeah. But if it doesn't create the revenue that you desire, you yeah. haven't achieved the change. So my point is, is I think organizations get caught up in delivering the projects and not the change. What's I, your thoughts? I think I think that's right. I, I, I think you're, you're spot on there, but this is where, this is the beauty of governance. This is the beauty of governance because you might get partway through this project to achieve the change and realize that where you set off, something's changed, whether it's technology, whether it's process, whether it's whatever it could be. But from where you set off, it's like driving from here to Scarborough. Yeah, you've got a set route that you're going to follow. But what if there's roadworks on there? What if there's a road accident? You're just going to sit there looking at look, looking at traffic lights. Or no, you need to be adaptable. Remember, we talked about being flexible and adaptable, mm. but still being focused on what you want to achieve. Sometimes you've got to go about it a different way. Sometimes yeah. you've still so with with the governance and with that checking, that monitoring, if you like, the meetings, the regular meetings, not too many, not too few. It's got to be um, it's got to be the right uh, amount for the size of the project. Ask me what the secret of comedy is. What's the timing? <laughs> yeah? You've got to get your timing right. You've got to get your timing right. Because if, you too, if, you, if you're having meetings every two weeks for a project that's going to last six to eight months, people are going to see this as, as, as too interfering and, and too yeah. much red, red tape. Whereas yeah. if you've got a project of six, six to nine months, but you only meet once halfway through, you're not going to be able to identify where things aren't working mm. and where things need to change. Yeah. And this is where the, this is why you've got to have the governance with the methodology. Yeah. It's sort of checking all the way so, without actually being overbearing. So if we look at a couple of things then, um, when projects uh, are measured by cost and time, mm -hmm. so we deliver the project by a certain time yeah. to a certain cost, yeah. that's delivering the project. Yes. Whereas... 
when we through governance yeah through governance when we can start measuring benefits and outcomes yeah we can gauge whether we've delivered the change yes i agree totally. so so i had a great I, I recorded a great video with mike davis former cio of kcom oh, right. he's a business transformation guru if you yeah, like and he's right. delivered and he swears by this and we got talking by this in most cases, people fall foul of going, well, we're going to deliver to this time frame. Mm. By June, it's going to be delivered. Yeah. And we're going to spend no more than £200,000, yeah. right? Come June, we deliver deliver the project and it costs us 190000 celebrations. Yeah. But we haven't delivered the change. Yes. Or we yeah. may have not delivered the change. Yeah. yeah. So we should always favor through governance. If we get the governance right and we have the right KPIs and the right systems and processes in place, Mm. we can have a better chance of measuring if the change has taken place through benefits and outcomes, not just time and cost. Yes. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a great encapsulation. So if you're listening to this, anybody out there, no matter how small you change project or large, I have no doubt that you've sat in a boardroom or in a meeting and you've agreed a time and a cost. Yeah. And as long as we deliver it within time and a cost, yeah, then that's great. Challenge yourselves. What are, how are we measuring this from a benefits and outcomes perspective? Yeah. Because that will only, and only then will that tell us if we've achieved true change. So it's like, to be honest with you, it's like building a bridge, isn't it? Is it? You could, well, you, could, if you look at, you <laughs> this look is an at, engineer talking, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, but we're talking about, we're talking about something like the Humber Bridge. So let's say that the Humber Bridge needed to be delivered within a certain time frame and not exceeding a certain cost. Yet there was six foot in the middle of it that they ran out of money, so they put planks. Yeah. yeah. So it got you got there in time and within cost, but actually you didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Or am I just totally, no? Yeah. And it's the same in in technology bills, and it's the same. You know, when we run out of money. Or, or when we reach the certain time, we either ship something too early or we don't conclude the, the project to the same standard or we mm. rush things and then we don't get the right level of change and engagement. Yeah. You know, so it's all important. Mm. And for any FDs out there, anybody listening, yes, of course, we've got to work to budgets and time. Mm. Yeah. Time and money is important. Yeah. But if we solely measure change by them, mm. we will deliver the project. Yeah but not the change. Yeah. And we will also influence closed loop thinking because people go forward and go, last time we did that, it didn't work. Yeah, exactly right. Spence, mm. that's superb. Excellent. I've really enjoyed that. Good and stuff. I think in, in the 25 minutes we've had, that's given hopefully some real nuggets for people to think about. And yes, change management is tough. We all want to evolve our businesses and grow new products and service lines and change our, update our systems and technology. Yeah. Event, invent new processes, mm. change the structure of our organizations, do wonderful things. And we focus on that. You know, we've got to bring people on the journey with us. Yeah. But the structure and governance piece is important. Yeah. You know, as rigid as it is and as sometimes as, as robotic as it can be, it's mm. necessary and it's necessary because the methodology is how we're going to get there. Yeah. The governance is going to ensure we get there in the right fashion. Yeah. You know, legally yeah. right to a to a high standard Achieve but also make sure that the methodology is continually fit for purpose yes yeah now you know you talked about the sponsor you talked about the project manager the team consider yeah. having a steering committee outside yeah. that yeah. impartial independent mm-hmm. viewpoint is always welcomed and it's gonna it's gonna ensure that we're doing <clears> it and when we're trying to focus on the outcome if we solely measure by time and cost we will deliver the project yeah. if we measure by by benefits and outcomes as well as time and cost then hopefully 
we will deliver the change. Yeah. There's more on this on the, uh, we've got a pathway on this on the hub as well. So. Awesome. Cool. Spencer Locker, that was fascinating. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, Martin. And we'll see you again for another T2 Hubcast. Bye.